welcome to another episode of Life in Digital. For most businesses, remote onboarding and managing a more remote workforce has become a priority since March 2019. Businesses who can hire, develop and retain talent as the world evolves will hold a competitive advantage. Attracting, training and retaining the very best talent that powers your business has never been more important. Daniel Dan the Agency Mandela Cruz, founder at Polymensa, has researched 41 carefully selected agencies and technology vendors to understand what makes a best-in-class virtual onboarding experience. This week, Ed caught up with Daniel to share his findings. We hope you enjoy. So welcome to the Life in Digital uh, podcast. I'm really excited today to host Daniel De La Cruz from Polymensa, also known as Dan the Agency Man uh, De La Cruz. Uh, so Dan, first up, thanks so much for joining us. It'd be great if you could tell me a bit about yourself, Polymensa, and the really insightful research you put together about uh, virtual onboarding. Yeah, cheers, Ed. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for being on here. And I, I always find it funny with the, with the name of Dan the Agency Man. People probably always think I'm a major tool. Like, who's this guy calling himself <laughs> the, the man? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is a, a nice little branding thing. People do remember it. And uh, I am a really That's nice guy, really. In terms of what I do, I, I don't want to talk well too much into it because if you're, if you're interested in learning and development, go check out Polymenza. Basically, what we do is we do tailor-made learning and development services for agencies specifically. And when I say agencies, I mean creative, design, social, development, you know, and you, you, know, you, can, you can name the rest of them. In, tom, in terms of the reports, that is the thing we're going to be talking about today. And I'm super excited about this because I spent probably about two months talking to 41 businesses about a topic that is super apt right now for everyone. And it's interesting, when we, when we first released this report, I mean, the amounts of people that came back and said, wow, like this is so useful right now. And obviously what it was on, uh, when I say apt, is virtual onboarding. And the thing that we did is we looked at these 41 companies and we wanted to get examples of companies that we thought did a really good job at onboarding in a virtual environment over the last 12 months. So there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a selection process in that. And the way we managed to find those companies was through the feedback of their employees. So that's really mm. important, right? Because if we were just would have gone out and just asked anyone, you know, you would have got anything. But actually, the feedback from the employees who were hired at these companies in the, in the last 12 months has been phenomenal. And therefore, these were suitable companies for us to include in the research. And what we did is we did one-hour interviews, qualitative interviews with these companies, and just went in and just asked them exactly how they do their onboarding from A to Z. It's amazing. Is that something that companies could have access to just so they can get that insight themselves? Yeah, so absolutely. So we've got we've obviously got the report. Um, there's a there's a download. I mentioned the link. I'm sure you're going to be sending out some way as well. But uh, for those of you that are not uh, in on the on the email list uh, with Sphere, uh, definitely get on it because obviously then you can easily have access to. I will mention the the domain name. It's polymenza.com. Poly and then m e n s a dot com forward slash virtual dash onboarding quite simple even if you go to the website you'll see it uh, it, it should pop, come up as a pop-up and then you can download it from there tell us about yeah about about the report and the and, and the key findings yeah so i guess we could probably talk about sort of various things and feel free to to, to, to you know ask questions as we go yes. along because the, the the report 
it's 34 pages. There's so much stuff in it. Definitely loads and loads of valuable things. And as you said, it's not a here's the, 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 the kind of way to do it. What it is, it's a collection of loads of tips and loads of ideas from all of these companies. And you can pick and choose what works for you and your business. And the most important thing from it as well, it's kind of, as you said, it's a bit like a tick list, right? It's like, where are we right now? Like, we're here. Okay, what else can we do to improve this? Now, in terms of the highlights, what, what we found was that there was definitely a trend in the way that this onboarding process was being structured. Mm -hmm. And the structure generally was there was a really extensive pre-boarding period. And I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a minute, but I really want to emphasize that. It was an extensive period. Then there was a first day. So first day, obviously, coming into the office, usually, in this case, it's you're at home. First day, yeah. what do I do? Sofa uh, desk, then, wherever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, this, and this is the thing, right? Pre-boarding was, was there already with a lot of companies, but not many because you kind of sort of relied on someone coming into the office and it'll be all fine. It'll be fine, what, what, right? What, what's really interesting, and sorry to interject there, is we actually yeah, yeah. used to have a really hectic pre-boarding schedule and then we stopped having it because what we found with, and this was kind of linked to more junior talent for us, but we found that by sending people lots of content pre-boarding, often people just arrived with very heavy, or with some preconceptions and with, um, yeah, and, and uh yeah, and, 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 and also had worked themselves up into a bit of a state or just we, we found that pre-boarding, we gave people a bit too much content and it was information overload. Um, so we actually stopped it and said, just have a fresh mind and we'll train you on day one. Um, but actually, we'd already realized through, um, through COVID the importance of pre-boarding. And now that I see this as like just the most one of the most critical bits to get a fresh start. Um, so but with it, I know you want to kind of move on from that, but yeah. within pre-boarding, within pre what do you think are the really key things that companies can do to make sure there's a great experience pre-start date? Yeah, so there were a one. couple of things that were, were mentioned, and I'll, I'll mention some really practical things, like something that's really easy to implement. For example, something that was really well received by employees or new starters. And again, just for those of you that kind of maybe not using pre-boarding, it's that stage before, like when you, as soon as an employee signs the employment contract, and that period of when they're working off their um, notice period at the previous employer all the way to the first day. So it's that, that period, essentially. That's what we mean by pre-boarding. And one of the things that worked really, really well was this idea of sending a org chart. Really simple idea, right? But a lot of people didn't, didn't think about this before because why would you? You know, you come into an office, we'll explain, we'll take you around the office. There's, a, there's some sort of, I guess, architectural element to it, right? You'll look over and, you know, if you're an agency, for example, you might see the designers in one area, the developers in another area. You kind of start getting an idea, oh, that person sat over there, she's a designer, or if, if, if he's in, he's a developer. Now, that doesn't exist in a virtual environment. And, and, and bearing in mind as well, I think most companies are going to go into this whole hybrid setup as well in the future, right? So that's yes, not, absolutely. it's not, and people will be, even if they have an office um, culture back, they will still be hiring people in other locations. So this is all really relevant, like even in the future. And, and this org chart uh, idea or sending out this org chart during pre-boarding really, really helps someone to visualize who are they going to work with, who's in their department. If you can highlight that as well, um, it's beneficial. If you can add images, profile images of all the people as well so that they can recognize the people. And then also, if they're, you know, when they start their first day, they get on, Sky, uh, sorry, on, on Slack or on Teams or whatever you use, and you start seeing someone speak and you go, ah, 
I get it. You know, this person is in that department or actually this person is on my team. I should really know this person. Oh, great. Amazing. Right. So there's, there's this immediate feeling of, okay, I'm getting to know the company already before I start on my first day. And, uh, and you start feeling like you're part of, I guess, a wider structure as opposed to just you being at home. So that yeah. was one of the real, real highlights. I mean, I have um, back, question back to you. Is that something that you've been doing at, at Sphere or is this, is this one we, of the things that you're going to be add to the list? Well, we, we, we are an organized, um, we, we're kind of organized by, 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 by nature. So we have a new starter pack, which we gave to people on day one. And um, part of that is an org chart. So we've always had an org chart. The thing that we've taken from your research to improve that for the remote experiences we've just added pictures in and we've made it a much nicer aesthetic i think that kind of that personal touch of seeing seeing faces is really cool i also know the day one experience then needs to be really the piece that starts to bring the pre-boarding together so what, what do you think is like the day one uh, actions that companies can take to really get the welcome right yeah so i think i think there's um you know uh, there's a couple of things still definitely in in, in pre-boarding that that help with that as you said the you know the welcome pack that's definitely something you know and it's interesting how people do that fulfillment element of that as well i've heard people that have basically stacked up boxes in their you know founders or, or the people ops directors <laughs> loads of boxes in their in their flat and then they're sending them out of course there are companies out there as well i think in, in america there's there's quite a few uh, i can't remember the name of the company but in the report there is one uh, one mentioned in there that does a is, is a uk service and i believe there's also a a, a American-based service, but swag, all of these things, obviously, are part of the welcome pack. That that helps massively. One thing as well is this idea. Yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, having having and... the IT. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, getting getting them into the into the swing of things. Right. Yeah, I'm part of the company. You put them up on your on your desk and at home, and you know you're already inside the, the yeah, company. It's, it's, it's great to attract. It's great for marketing too, because if you do send out you know swag and stuff that people can show, you've then got your we welcome our new starters, and they're at home with their their marketing thing it's really good exactly. for the um for the, for the employee exactly. branding piece as well and for marketing exactly and and something that definitely came up over and over again in the report as well is this idea of having now if you've got the privilege of having it fantastic mm -hmm. if you don't of course it's a bit more tricky but having the computer and everything pretty much set up ready to go on day one super super important right so so you, you open the laptop on day one all you got to do is type in your password and you can get involved in the conversations and everything, right? Having that all set up and having someone that that calls up the the new employee and and makes sure they walk them through all of that. That was definitely something that was well received in that in that pre-boarding part. The other thing that's really interesting, which came up, was this idea of learning and development, because yeah. something that now in in, a, in an office environment, there's, there's a lot of learning by osmosis, right? You 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 sit next to your colleague and you overhear conversations and you're starting to pick up things and you're going, oh yeah, okay, actually that's answered my question I've already had. Now in the virtual environment, that doesn't happen. So what ends up happening is that you're constantly bombarding your line manager. Yes. Now this is a massive pressure piece on the line manager and something that actually, interestingly enough, all the companies in the research that had already been remote from the start of the journey as a business had this real extensive learning and development plan that they had put together that was personalized for the person who's starting. And that's already worked on the pre-boarding stage so that on the first day, they've got this learning development, which is very much kind of, I guess, self-directed learning. So all those little gaps where they're sat at home, kind of twiddling their thumbs a little bit, or they're a bit nervous because they've already asked 10 questions and they kind of don't want to bother the person anymore. Yeah. 
and then they, they have that plan that they can actually feel like they are progressing in their role That's, already. What we've recommended to our managers is to tell people, we love questions, store them up, and we'll speak at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, and we'll go through your questions. And if it's not business critical, leave it to one of those sessions. And actually, nothing's really business critical, like especially people in their first, first few weeks. <laughs> Uh, lots of things feel business critical but you know th th they're not really and our hope is that we kind of get more independent thinking faster as well because by the time people have that call at four thirty, five o'clock whatever it is um, they've answered the questions for themselves um, so I'm not sure what your thoughts are on how to manage that flow of question from new starter to manager in a way which is manageable for the manager and, and a good experience for the new starter yeah, that's a that's a great question. And there was a couple of things in the research that probably stand out in relation to this. And I'm trying I'm going to try to break them down into step by step little little pieces that you can take away from it. Yeah. One of them is this idea of a of a, of a buddying system. Now, all, yeah. all of the companies in the research had some form of buddying system. And what mm -hmm. that did is it helped ease the pressure on the line managers. Line managers are like super under pressure. The two, the two people in the company right now, if you've got a people ops a personal HR manager or something like that, they're, I mean, they're overstretched at the moment massively. If yes. you've got uh, line, you know, obviously you've got line managers, you, with your line managers, they're massively overstretched because what's happening is they're having to onboard all these people that have all these questions and none of it is documented because, and this was the difference between, between the, the companies that have been remote already from the start and those that weren't. The ones that have been remote since six, seven years, no problem. Everything is documented. They've got a they've got a massive wiki where everything is stored, and you can just go mm. into there and you can pick up things, right? For everyone else, that's not there. Then what ends up happening is the line managers get overloaded with questions. Yeah. So so something that that definitely helped was this buddying system. So having other people in other departments that they could speak to, that they could ask questions, because a lot of the questions, as you said, in the first few weeks, are probably not even that related to their actual job. It's just getting around things. And then they have at least another person that they can contact. Uh, and and even, even two, that would be great. Another thing that came up in the research is if, you, if you're hiring multiple people, trying to, to like pair, pair them up as well. Because yes. if they're new to the company, they're going through the experience together and then they can have their social experience of like, hey, how are you feeling? I'm, like, oh, I'm feeling this and whatever. They're in the same boat. They exactly. can arrange virtual coffee exactly. together. Yeah, it's exactly. Big, big, and, then, very and, and sometimes one of them has already learned something that the other one hasn't. So then again, there's this exchange happening between them that like eases the pressure on the line manager or the other buddy that's been paired up um, in another department. But definitely the, the, the budding system, documenting as much as possible is important. I definitely think if you're going to go on down the hybrid route as well, which again, it, it looks like a lot of companies are going down this route. A lot of big companies have already made the decision. This is what Yeah, I think, I think if businesses don't, they won't attract talent in the future. And it really works. I mean, I could talk forever about why I personally decided that it really works. Yep. And, and so having starting now with documenting things, documenting the processes having a space where people can just go into and almost like read up every single question that has already been asked is definitely something i'd highly recommend because like i said looking at the companies that have been doing this for six seven eight you know ten years already well ten is probably a bit over exaggerating but about you know six seven years yeah wow there's been a few yes yeah. definitely um you know we spoke to to, to the guys at envision uh, envision app and and they've been remote from this from the start basically and and they, they said that as well they just said look this is this is how it is you know like it's it's basically we've been documenting every single thing because that's the only way 
we can exchange information easily because it isn't a matter of just like going up to someone, right? Yeah, out of interest, did you pick up on anything to do with the way that training and learning and development is delivered? And what, what, what I guess I mean by that is the difference of having a trainer training you or someone running a workshop versus listening to a podcast or watching video. Was there anything about how the content's delivered that affects the effectiveness? Do you know what? It's a, it's a great question. And there wasn't really much said about that. And I suspect that's because, again, a lot of the companies almost just radically had to shift to this new model. And 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 the, the, the it was all about survival, right? It was all about, yeah. like, let's just try to get it, get through these first few weeks with a, with a new hire and get it done as, 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 as well as possible. And then think about the next thing. And, and unfortunately, learning and development seems to be always the thing that sort of is the, is the last bit, right? That's thought about. It's usually the like social element and making new contacts, making new friends and everything. But then the actual like, well, how is this person going to learn now? Like, what's the process? What's the, what's the way they're going to, uh, they're going to learn in terms of, there's a group learning thing exactly yeah like something so i mean this this is nothing to do with report but something that i i i always thought would be really interesting if you think about let's say a football team right mm -hmm. or any any kind of sports team they they train every single day and then they play their games on the weekend right yeah now in a in a in a general delivery type business especially if your services a professional services business this is quite difficult right like it's it's not possible because you constantly have your client requests and everything yeah delivery and if, you, if, you, if you're if you're a product business probably a bit easier because it's there's a bit more time to think about these things and you can build that in and of course there's a financial element to think about this but just imagine if you could have a business where you come in and the first two hours your department gets together and all you do is you train you train for the day and then the next four hours or five hours of the day, you do the actual game, you work. Yeah. And if you do that like every day and imagine how, like how much that would involve the line managers that would have to prepare and get to that point. Right. I think it's such a, such an, like, it's such a interesting thought process to go through and, and what if, right. I like, I like asking these what if questions. All yeah. The time. And I, I, re I, re I really hear you. And I think it's so true because if you look at like where amazing things are built, it's about spending time on things that are important and not urgent and training and learning and development is really important and it delivers sorry daniel i have my let's um, do let's do it let's do it i love it i love it hello <laughs> just about uh, the shower flo where's mama no. okay you go and find mama <laughs> sorry i'm trying to start it out but she's like less than two and it's not doable um yeah. so i go off on a massive tangent but yeah i i really hear if we could have that focus on on learning as part of the day job i think it's a great way to um to to make work more meaningful and to get better results in the long run. Actually, I think that's a nice kind of lead into within culture, and this is what I think everyone's found really hard. What were companies doing well to create a sense of culture and togetherness in a remote onboarding environment? Yeah, great question. I think they were doing the same that everyone else was doing pretty much. You know, they tried everything <laughs> from really quizzes to fun. lunches to uh, I don't know what, like magicians doing shows and, and so on. I mean, it was, there was everything, right? There's, there was one I really liked, which was they had this idea of, of you know, every day they do like a two truths and a lie sort of thing. And they played that That's game fun. for quite a while, you know, and, and it, it, it's just a nice way like to get to know the new starter as well. They would obviously do a little bit of a process around like getting the new starters to come on board and, and share their profile. So they would have a profile that they would then put together with picture and you know here are my hobbies or whatever you know whatever just to get to know the person a little bit better 
that profile would then also be used for recruitment marketing because they would put it on their website and say, hey, we had Sarah start or we had Tom start and so on. And, and that, was, that was quite a, I, I guess it, it, it's nothing really revolutionary, but that was probably the, the, the best it got to. Something that was, uh, what was mentioned by one of the companies was they did these, these coffee kind of, you could, you could basically do like a one-to-one copy with, with and yes. they didn't just do it for, for new starters, but they did it also with their existing team and they were encouraging that actively, like, hey, go and get yourself a coffee and so on and just have a chat, whatever, you know, very like social casual chat. Important thing on that was, I think what they mentioned is they tried to do it with an expen- with expensing it first, and people yes. weren't doing it because it was a massive headache for them to expense. So they were like, oh, it's just too much of a hassle to expense this, so I might as well just not do it, right? Whereas if you gave a voucher, whether it's Deliveroo or whatever it is, then that was just a lot easier. Again, don't tell the FD. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's, a, there's a complications in that area as well, but that was something that was mentioned. The other thing that came up in one of the other companies was this idea of, of, a, of, of committees, having various yes. committees. And if you, if you have a charity committee or if you have a social committee or you have a book club committee or wh- whatever it is, right, a learning committee, getting the new starters involved in, the, in those various com- committees and getting to meet them was also a great way to get, start getting, getting the feel for the whole company, for the way the company thinks, you know, what the general behaviors are of people, what people believe in. And that was like a nice, I guess, a nice way which wasn't wasn't forced really. It was more like, oh, interesting. I'm, you know, and 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 oftentimes it would spark their interest with something that they're already passionate about. So if yeah, they're I passionate think, about charities or doing good, then hey, you know what? I want to get involved in this as well. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a great great example. And it's that sense of work making work meaningful. There's the day job and how companies make work meaningful is, you know, the how you do your day job, but also it's the, the other kind of enriching experiences you can have at work. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, that that all makes loads of loads of sense to me. There's a, there's a fantastic uh, book, by the way, on that on that topic called Super Engaged. It's, it's okay. written by Nikki Gattenby, and she did a fantastic job at an agency here in the UK called Propellernet. Yes, I yeah. Yeah, so they're they're Brighton based, I believe, and I mean they've done some fantastic things. They they had this interesting thing where they had like a dream ball machine, and it was like a massive, you know, imagine one of those like. At the at the at big chewing gum machines that we used to have, we put a coin in and then you you, you t- turn the dial and crank it up and then you know this big rolling ball came down this long cycle of like pipes, and as it dropped down, there was a little piece of paper in it, a bit like a fortune cookie, and they open it up in front of the whole whole crowd and they did this, you know, once every two months or whatever I, I don't know how often or a quarter, and in there was a dream that each employee had said that they would like to do, you know, maybe go on a safari to Africa or, you know, they'd like to play at uh, a Glastonbury rock festival on the stage and, you know, and all these sort of different dreams. And some of them were like totally out there and others were quite realistic, but actually most of them were, were doable. And it, it like the difference it made to the morale of the employees was just incredible, you know, and people yeah. absolutely loved it and it changed their lives in so many ways, you know, with even things like, I think one of them was like, I think the, um, there was someone that, that wanted to meet her dad and she never managed to meet her dad and they yeah, helped yeah. her meet her dad. Right. Like, and you know, then I think that just goes that one, like that one step further in terms it's of like the human thing. employment. And that comes down to amazing leadership. Actually, so on that, what, what do you think the the best in class leadership teams in the businesses were doing to make sure that there was a connection between leadership and new starters at kind of any 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 level of the organisation? Yeah, in really in really simple terms, what came 
what was really well received by new, new starters was meeting the founders, meeting the C-suite, meeting the directors. Now it, in a smaller company, let's say up to a hundred people, that's probably quite doable. You know, anything above that, it starts getting a bit tricky and the, the easier solution then is either doing group Q and A's or, yeah. or doing recorded things, which would be the next best thing. But in an ideal scenario, if, you know, if your company is below a hundred staff, then definitely spending that time. And, you know, in some of the companies, they, they are, the founders even spent like um, every, every week, like once a week with all the new starters. And they did that as a group thing because it was once a week, but it was an amazing experience for the new starter. They really felt like the company was like, you know, the owner of the company cared about them. And, and yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, it had a really, really good result. So that was a really yeah. simple thing to do right now. Of course it's, it's all time and things like that, but the impact it has on the morale of the new starter, who's, you know, again, we've got to remember they're at home. Like they've, they're, they're filling this void with all sorts of questions. You know, it's scary enough to start a new job at an office, let alone be at home and be like, Oh, I've haven't heard from my line manager for a, for a day. What's going on? Yeah. What's going yeah, on? The are they happy? Guy, like, are they not? Like, am I doing a great job? Oh, I'm really worried. You know, and then it starts turning into maybe like, oh, do I really like this job? You know, and you start. Am I valued? Where am exactly, I going? Exactly. Like, maybe maybe this wasn't right for me, and all these sort of different things. So you know that all all these little touches of you know contacts and the people ops director being in touch constantly as well. Hey, have you got everything you need? Okay, is there anything else I can do? That that was really the you know, the best, the best thing that came out of the report, really. Did you learn anything beyond that second week where I guess people are less in induction, but then they're more in the business? Is there anything from like an, an ongoing point of view, if you take it through to like 90 days as an example? There is, there is one thing, and I'll get back to that in a second. Just the one thing to mention up front as well was this, this constant reminder of balancing two things. One is balancing the information, like not having too much information in one go and like finding that real balance. So I think some companies had these like structures where they basically only had about, you know, 20 minutes per meeting and they only had a maximum of three meetings per day. And they, they capped those things because they just don't want to overload people. They wanted to give people the time to reflect and, you know, go away and have a think about it. Um, obviously with support still there and being like, Hey, is everything great? You know, is everything going well, but meetings, zoom meetings and just avoiding that, you know, fatigue of Zoom, like that definitely was something that was, uh, yeah. people were very cautious about. Also this idea of, and this is really important, I think a lot of companies that have not traditionally from a remote working environment who are used to, I guess, employees coming into an office environment and it just being like, you're, you're just there and you're there, right? You're fixed from whatever, from nine to five, but you're there. And you're, when, when you're there, it means you're working. Whereas when you're at home, it's quite, it puts quite a lot of pressure on the employee to, to constantly be seen as if they're doing work. So what that means is, you know, they have to constantly make sure that green little light on Slack is, is on. Uh, they constantly have to like post stuff on Slack or in Teams to kind of say, hey, I'm working, I'm working. For that them, presenteeism, right? yeah. Because, because it's, it's a real, and, and, and I think that, that creates a real anxiety in new starters. And I think having a, well, not I think this was something from the research. A lot of people actually had guidelines, clear guidelines around notifications and went, mm -hmm. look, some companies went as far as saying, we switch off all our notifications. We don't have notifications. There are certain periods of the day that you need to check in. You don't have to be online all the time. 
as long as you do this, this, and this, and this. And they had real clear rules around that so that it wasn't a thing of like feeling like you had to constantly be there and constantly be seen to be there and seen to be working, which was not, you know, that's not, that's not what it that's, is. That's a great point. And actually, it's a really interesting one. We've had this with a few clients who we've placed into where these questions come up and it's one we ask internally, but it's like with working from home, what's your flexible working policy? Because flexible working used to be perhaps a time you started your day and finished it, but largely the flexible working question was about working from home. But now everyone's working from home. There's still a question around what's your flexible working policy? Because it's like, what are the expectations whilst I'm from home? So guidance on that is is really, really important. Um, so in terms of your your, your question of, of, the, of the 90 days, obviously I promised to come back to that. There was a there, something that came out with several companies was this idea of doing check-ins official check-ins in form of surveys and they came in roughly speaking in three different formats so these would be typically done 30 60 90 days there were surveys that were sent out to the, to mm -hmm. the new starters and these would either be from a perspective of is the new starter performing the way that we've expected that's mm -hmm. number one the second way uh, the second survey would be is it have we as a company met your expectation yeah right? which is a really interesting question because it's yeah you know, oftentimes I, I saw some statistic the other day on linkedin where someone said like a person makes their decision within 48 hours whether the company was the right place to to work right it's uh, a great start it's a yeah. great start it's so, so important so 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 this idea of have we actually met your expectations have, has our onboarding met their expectations? So that that came up, and there was a company that had that had asked that question to their employees, and there was an actual statistical significance to this because they employed, I think, they employed like 150 people in the last um, last 12 months, which is just insane. I mean, they had yeah. a crazy amount of growth, and they said if it, when new starters said that they hadn't, they wouldn't stay longer than nine months, basically. Yeah. which was really interesting. That was like, that was it. I was, they, they saw that pattern. They said, no, you have not met my expectations. They were to stay longer. If it was, I think if they said um, there was like a sort of question or, or something like that, or you know, kind of, and, and that, that meant like they stayed for 12 months. And then of course, if yes, and they stayed longer. But I thought that was quite an interesting insight. And the other survey that came out, which was the third one, which was also a really interesting one, was this idea of has your line manager been supportive enough? And this worked really well in tandem with the people ops director. So if the if the line manager is not doing their job properly and supporting the person in their role, this so this is a survey that goes to the to the people ops director. Then the people ops director takes on the responsibility to go to the line manager and holds them accountable and says, "Hey, you know, I've heard this. What can I do to support you? You know, it it seems like you're not able to." do everything and of course you know you've got to be very careful because line managers are massively under pressure right now but it's important that they do the job right and so yeah, so having someone holding them accountable like a people ops director is really great and that was another survey that was done by um by a couple of companies is any sort of standout tech you think really helps with with on with with smooth onboarding the, the the main mention that came up was was bamboo hr that that was definitely as a as an hr tool definitely yeah, it has things has checklists and checklists are really key as well because it's all those little nitty gritty things that you you end up forgetting you just forget and if you don't have that checklist it, the person is happen. stuck and you don't you might not even know you might not even know why they're stuck and you kind of you, you, two days later they tell you oh i had a question about this and you go didn't you didn't someone tell you no 
Ah, right. Well, is it in a checklist? No. Ah, there you go. So Bamboo HR is really good with those sort of things. Uh, there's there's loads of other things in there as well that that you can put in there. Uh, and, and there's loads of tools like that, right? Like Breathe, I think, is another one. Charlie HR is another one. I'm trying to remember whether it was 15.5, I think it may have been. I think it may have been 15.5 or Atlas. One of, one of the two that was mentioned by one of the companies where it, 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 might, it might be 15.5. And 15.5, I think, is, a, is, a, is all about like employee engagement. So you get a lot of surveys that you can send out. You can send out Pulse surveys as well, which seems yeah. to be quite popular these days, you know, where you yeah. gauge the, the, the engagement of, of the whole company. You know, Friday Pulse, I think, is a company that does that or, or if it's a format. But yeah, 15.5 was one of them that, that had these, these sort of surveys implemented at them that you could use. Have you got like a, a five things you think really businesses could do irrespective of where their starting point is? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that is a, that's a difficult question. And especially as I'm such a believer of you, you kind of pick and choose what works for you and your business. For you, absolutely. So I'll, I'll, I'll put a massive caveat on there. And, you know, some of these things might work for your business. Some of these won't. Right. But the idea of, you know, some simple practical things as well, the, the org chart, it just seems like such an obvious thing to do. The org chart with the images, profile images of everyone is a really simple thing that can be put together in no time. And it adds such value. And as you, as you said earlier, you, you guys are now designing it in a really nice way. And, you know, and it might be even that you take it to the next level where, you know, it might be like, Hey, this is how certain processes work in the company. And then you relate it back to the org chart. Right. But it's, it yeah. is such a nice little tool that you can easily put together and uh, easily send out. Right. In, in PDF well, format. One thing I'd add to that we've always done this for new starters is we include the new person on the org chart. I know it's really basic, but like if someone's joining your business and they're not on the org chart, they're not joining the business. So I think exactly. That would be probably the one thing uh, that that would be the absolute easiest thing to, to implement. Something that's maybe a little bit harder to implement is this idea of if you don't have a people ops director at the moment, it's such a crucial role. And it's going to be such a crucial role going forward. And and having someone on board who actually has maybe also worked with companies before that have been in onboarding, uh, sorry, have been remote, yeah, is 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 a really good idea. I find this this is going to be such a crucial role going forward as well. And it's it is an interesting kind of thought process that you need to go through to think about like what does what is the role of this person as well. It could be anything from is the person in charge of learning and development. Is a person in charge of the 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 staff problems out there? Is it is a person in charge of mental well being of everyone? But all these topics are becoming so much more prominent these days. And I think as we're moving more and more into this remote working setup, people working from everywhere, this this role is going to be such a crucial role. And having someone in place who can do that on a day to day is a, is going to be a, a real a game changer for a company that does that versus one that doesn't. But, you know, those are two really key major things. Definitely having a measurement process behind whether you're actually doing well. I think so few companies really ask this question. They're new starters. And I think it's probably because they're a little bit scared to see what they're going to get back and they don't want to, you know, yeah, you open listen. up the can of worms and things like that. You know, you're kind of like, oh, I think we did a good job. You know, all these things around like what is a probation period? You know, when does a probation period end? A lot of people don't even mention it to their employees, right? They just like sail on and like, oh, my when did my probation period uh, uh three months ago 
Yeah, you well, well, I guess I pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that idea of of constantly getting feedback from your new starters is something that I also highly recommend. And and I guess I know these are not five points, but I I want to shorten it to four. Is is having this learning and development plan really really honing in on this? I think it's such a crucial crucial element in the company. Having a culture around le- like constantly learning. Um, and, and developing yourself and how can you improve, um, whether it's it's personally, whether it's in a skill level, uh, whether it's social skills with with other people around you, but having something in place where they can also do that self-directed. And I think that's the that's the key thing here, where it's a it's a it's a plan that they can also do without needing someone else to help them to do that. But that there's yeah, also a culture behind it that encourages that, basically. I think those yeah. would be those would be my four points. I know you wanted five, but I'll say those four. The rest of them you can get in the report. <laughs> le- le- less is more, Daniel. Less yes. is more, always. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, look, t- time has absolutely flown, and, and thank you so much. And I think um, we know how hot this topic is for people. So um, for those of you who are listening, we'll share in all the links, um, access to Daniel's report, um, links to Daniel's website, um, and I'm sure you're available uh, for follow-up questions if people want to get absolutely. in touch with you directly absolutely look i my i'm gonna say my target audience right my target <laughs> audience is generally generally agencies um agencies between about 20 staff and 100 staff that's sort of my sweet spot because i enjoy working with agencies where they're, where they're still owner um the owners yeah. are really involved and Owned especially manager. that period when they're hiring the first like management team and, and stuff I'm really, i get really excited by that because there's a lot of like big challenges that they need to sort out which um which I, I, I get super excited about helping out. But saying that, I'm here to help anyone, right? Anyone that runs a business, anyone that's, that's working in some other capacity of people ops. And yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm free to help out, especially if you're friends of Sphere, I'm more than happy to help out. <laughs> a huge thank you to Ed and Daniel, Dan, the agency man de la Cruz. Um, If you want to download the full report, it will be available via our website. I'll link it in the show notes. And keep your ears peeled. We've got many episodes coming up throughout the year. So we'll see you next time for Life in Digital.